Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Wendell and also Wild. Wendell in addition to Wild. Directed by Tim Burton. (laughs) Tim Burton's (laughs) Wendell and Wild directed by Henry Selleck. I know what you are, Cat. You're a hell maiden. But it has to be our secret. That's how I can protect you. Protect me from what? Your demons. Whoa! I'm having a vision! A green-headed girl. She seems so real. Greetings. We are the magician mortician, the artists of the afterlife. So, as your masters, we order you to turn around and. Uh... Yeah, I wanna. I wanna start with something, Tom. Yeah. I wanna start with a quote. Sure. By Tim Burton. Uh huh. When asked why wasn't his why isn't his movies diverse, he said. Uh, he started with things either call for things or they don't i rem- <clears throat> this is the quote i remember back when i was a child watching the brady bunch and they started to get all politically correct like okay let's have an asian child and a black i used to get more offended by that than just dot 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 i grew up watching black exploitation movies right and i said that's great i didn't go like okay there should be more white people in these movies end quote So, uh, he kind of sucks. When was that quote? (laughs) Uh, This is from a Washington, this is from 2016. Oh, that's too recent. Yep. So that's a real fucking shame. I, I, uh, (laughs) so I wanted to start with that because Henry Selleck kind of came out recently and it was like, fuck Tim Burton. I don't think he said it like that. Um, But he basically was like, I hate that he gets credit for Nightmare Before Christmas. And he's right. Yeah. uh, Uh, In in fairness, Tim Burton, I don't think, had too much to do with that. That's all Disney marketing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, I I guess I wanted to start with that because this is a very diverse movie. And I don't think that's an accident because it's basically like, hey, look, it's Tim Burton aesthetic. And uh, we didn't like force diversity you you prick i mean like i don't know uh, if it was an answer to that i wouldn't call this tim burton aesthetic yeah that's true i just 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 because it's fair to henry selick yeah just because it's stop motion like the look doesn't look like nightmare before christmas it's not like the same kind of weird gothic shit that tim burton does yeah i guess it's more that henry selick has been lumped in with tim burton yeah for the that reason and i would i would i would agree with you where henry selick has his own aesthetic yeah um but yeah i just thought that was interesting yeah uh and uh kind of makes me not like tim burton 
Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's I mean, a really that's, that's a really bad quote. It's a pretty pretty uh, hmm, I don't want to say classic boomer take, but it's like it's like almost like the standard boomer take. It is. I'm like, well, why it's, why it's, shoehorn in diversity? It's like, so what do you? So you're saying all, right. all you're saying all white casts are the baseline? Is that what you're saying? Like exactly. that's a that's a quote unquote normal movie with without making that isn't making a, it's yeah it's an extremely yeah. boomer thing to say that including a person of color is a political statement. Right, and <laughs> I don't. I'm not saying this movie is a, a response to that, but rather that this movie is kind of that that it's showing like no, you can just have a diverse cast. Yeah, you don't even have to point it out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, like there's a I trans mean, character in this and it's not a plot point. It's not, I, it, I actually it, really want to talk about that because there's, yeah, there's something that happens with, okay. I really want to talk about that. So let's actually get into this all movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. First of all, Tom, how did you like Wendell and wild? I thought this movie was extremely okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I, so I, okay. Go, no, you go. I'll just to finish my thought. Um, yeah, I love the way it looks. It's so gorgeous. Um, it's, I, I like seeing how much Henry Selleck, and I assume I didn't, I should have looked into it, but I would assume he's using at least some of the same animators that he's used on like Coraline and Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, yeah, I would imagine the work has evolved so much since Nightmare Before Christmas that I mean, you know, that movie still is gorgeous too. But you can look back at it and compare it to Wendell and Wild, and you're like, Jesus, this has come a this long is way. Like- yeah, there's like flexes in that. Yeah. Like where he's like doing these shots where it's like, oh, you're showing off right now. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, I think the script is bad. Yeah. So I. Which is I'm, a shock I'm, because it's Jordan Peele that wrote it. Yeah. I'm on the fence. Um, I would say I don't think the script is terrible, but I do think there's a lot of sweaty ass moments. Um, a lot of bad moments in terms of the actual plot. Yeah. I think the point of the movie is crystal clear in that it's yeah. about reform mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, the prison industrial complex. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I think there's some turns in it character wise that don't make much sense. Conf- specifically, the big, big ass demon. Uh, specifically, the, the, um, the big ass demon and Siobhan, the mean girl. Like yeah, there, Bing Rames and uh, Siobhan, yeah, yeah. There are the the yeah uh, the the big demon. I had less of a problem with Siobhan. I really had a problem with because it's totally really? un, it's totally unearned. Like and, and I had the, the reason the reason I wanted to talk about when you mentioned the trans character, she uh, misgenders the trans character, dead names the trans character on purpose in the in like oh, this. Really? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. She's talking to Raul, and he, she calls him um, Ramona, I think. Uh, no shit. And then makes a big show about being apologetic for it. And we never come back to that. We just have her like, she's like, oh, well, I believe in my mom and dad because they're running these private prisons, and they're going to be good because they're going to have good reforms and work placement programs. So she thinks her parents are building a, a good reform-minded prison when it's actually just what all private persons are as a money suck. She's like, oh, I'm going to fight against my parents and she's just one of the cast at the end but they never address her cruelty in the beginning like they never yeah, address that they never go that. back to it they never have a teachable moment about it she just dead names raul just to be cruel and we never come back to it and then she gets to have this positive character turn in the end it's it was so very, I, that's like one of a few examples of this movie being really uneven for me like it uh, that's yeah. really interesting i completely missed that yeah and having missed the dead naming part, um, everything else 
she's she's actually pretty consistent in that I think she's supposed to depict she's so she's supposed to portray the person who means well mm-hmm. but isn't on the right track, right? Um Right. And I think like so, yeah. I I appreciated the fact that they tried to do that a lot. Like you expect like the moment, you know, we should, we should probably mention the plot. It's about a little girl whose parents die Mm -hmm. uh, horribly. Uh, and, uh, they drown in a car. They get get Beetlejuiced. Yeah. They get super Beetlejuiced. You're right. Uh, and she survives and goes through the, um, you know, the, the, the orphan machine as, as we all call it. Is her wealthy, Uh, her wealthy parents for some reason, left no money to her in their will yeah yeah i didn't oh see i didn't i didn't think of them as wealthy either well he owns, a, he like, owns a brewery that like is the lifeblood of the whole town right but the brewery then like burns down after they and, die like, that's true yeah that's true just, so maybe just, all their money got tied up in paying out yeah and i also the, kind of felt like yeah. the brewery is like a small business still like yeah. it's a brewery yeah yeah but it's maybe not they like didn't. they're not like rich rich that that's but another right. that's that another is, that is a big that is a uh, very it's another lucrative. yeah it's another part of my sort of complaint about the movie feeling really uneven it's like the first time we see them there her parents are like they're at this this fair celebration in front of their brewery it's a huge brewery it's a huge celebration they and they his he gets off the phone saying he's not going to sell to the the Claxon company, who is the the evil prison corporation. Right. And his her mom has just like I, I forget, like it just in, invested or done something. So it's clear that they're both like big pillars of the community. He seems to have like the brewery seems to be a huge business, uh, but then like like she it, we hear that she like immediate like she didn't get to go to her parents memorial because she was immediately in the system and that's like okay that's weird um and then like they show that they have this very very tiny house just like in the same neighborhood as everybody it was it's like i don't know it seemed like they wanted her parent they wanted her to be bruce wayne but also to come from humble beginnings at the same time it was really confusing yeah. i chopped it up to just Disney rules, sure. Even though this isn't a Disney film, right? Where it's, it's fairy tale rules. That's fair. Yeah, that was sort of where I came from immediately. The moment they orphaned her, I felt like, oh, it's kind of a Disney film. Uh, yeah, you know, you got to orphan them immediately. Yeah. So, like thinking of it through that lens, I guess a lot of that didn't. I wasn't. I just wasn't thinking about it. Uh, ultimately, just but I, you're right. The and the only reason I sort of fixated on it is the most uneven part of this movie, I think, is the first 25 minutes because they unload a lot of plot on you. There's like five subplots in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, um, the and, whole the whole demon hunting stuff yeah, is like it's, wild. Yeah, there's way too much going on in this movie, I think. But like they front load a lot of the setup for it. So like seriously, the first 20 or so minutes is just scene after scene of sweaty exposition. So it's yeah. like I'm being bombarded with all of this information and I'm trying to like figure out like, okay, where where's where are they trying to get me so that the story can start? So I'm like trying to connect all these these dots of logic so I'm on like the correct, you know, so they've brought me up to speed enough so that they can start telling the story. And it's just so that's why I, like I fixated on that because I was trying to parse through all this information the movie throws at you in the yeah, beginning. I don't, think, I don't think you're wrong. I think Henry Selleck, I think in comparison to his other movies, I would say this one is a little inelegant. And what I mean by that, I don't even know if that's the right word for it. 
Um, in terms of the writing, in yes, terms of the plot, they, because you look at Nightmare Before Christmas, where it's like all the holidays are their own worlds, and you're like, got it, got it, we're good, we're good to go. Yeah, Coraline, it's like, oh, okay, she's, it's a, it's a weird haunted house they're moving in, mm-hmm. and then there's a secret door that brings you to another dimension, and it's like, okay, got it, I got the rules, we're going through, and this one is a lot more grounded in a real world, and it's trying to say more. So like the end when they're like protesting these like uh bulldozers it just it felt like oh this isn't as like magical <laughs> like the, sense, the, like it's, the it bulldozers that... are being driven by reanimated skeletons but yeah <laughs> but you know what i mean yeah. Where it doesn't it doesn't feel as like a fairy tale it doesn't feel as poetic well, but I, again i think that's part of the point because it's supposed to be about reality yeah um, to... more than those other films to an extent i still got like a fantastic mr fox fairy tale feel uh from from the whole even from the 20 min- first 20 minutes where they're setting well, yeah. everything up it's it it's she it's gets orphaned yeah it's clearly like a town that's like a little bit magical not quite the real world but um yeah there's i guess what i'm saying is that because they're having more complex message mm-hmm. the movie is more complex than like Coraline or Nightmare Before Christmas that are just telling these very basic I don't want to say basic, but very like well, more simple, like more straightforward, a little more simple, straightforward. And so like this got a little more clustered yeah. because they wanted to talk about a lot more stuff. Yeah, I, I do think there's something you, you, you said. I don't I don't quite think inelegance the right term either. But no, I don't think so like, either. But it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, because there's a couple of instances and it's mostly there's like some real clunky narration in this too, which is also a little bit confusing because the perspective keeps shifting. Um, right. But like this movie does a lot of telling instead of showing, and then it'll show you the thing it just told you. Right. So I, I was a little like, that's, those are like my hangups with the movie. Like I, again, I think the movie's gorgeous. Um, uh, it's, it was fun to watch, but like the story is real clunky. I feel like it's a little bloated. And yeah, it's, I think it's not as efficiently told, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think the, the target audience won't care about any of that. Sure. Being children. Yeah. Like, I, I, I do think this movie um, is, like, uh, successful at what it's trying to do, but it definitely, like, you know, like we're the same way. We're, we're both thinking in terms of, like, screenplay and writing. So it's like, when you look at it that way, like, I, I had a lot of times where I could just sort of sit back and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But, oh, yeah. Um, I do, yeah, I do think it's clunkier in general. So the idea, and again, it's because there's a lot of moving pieces. So this girl okay. is orphaned. Yeah. She's, she gets to this, um, she goes, she gets back to her hometown uh, where all her trauma is. And there's, uh, and, and, or uh, like a school, a, what do they call it? The second, the uh, break the cycle program, where the idea is that they're like, we're not gonna, she's been, she's been in juvie at this point because yeah. she was picked on and she, pushed a kid downstairs we learn who deserved it um yeah he had it coming sometimes kids yeah sometimes kids have it coming yeah um but she's it's that very it's that idea of she's being thrust into this system this cycle of uh prison and violence and this school is supposed to break the cycle and i liked right away that the school the orphanarium or whatever is like filled with people who are genuinely nice yeah um i like that i like i liked what they were trying to do with the three girls where it's like, they're not, they're not mean. They're not bullies. They're trying to welcome her, but they're also like, they're a little bit of, bullies. they don't understand her. Yeah. yeah like, like, well, they're like, 
like the they sh- want to call her KK, and That's... she's like, "It's K," and they keep calling her KK. Yeah, and it's stuff like that where they want they want to like her, but they want to fit her into their little clique. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but I like that they weren't just like, eh, "We're bullies," you know what I mean? I like that there's the characters felt. Yeah, it's well. Um, I think they're still bullies. It's just more insidious. Yeah, like they're that's tr- true. they're trying to fit her into their mold. And again, that's another thing that like they never give Siobhan, who is the ringleader of those three girls, uh, a moment of like recognizing that. Like they, yeah, she just sort of joins them. Yeah, she just sort of joins like, them. I'm good now. Like even though Cat has to tell her five or six different times not to call her KK, she still does it. And it's the same right. thing as when she dead names Raul. It's like, oh, she doesn't care. She's doing right. she's doing this on purpose because she is yeah. a bully. I think what they were trying to do is at the end, she's not reformed. She's just on the right track, mm-hmm. is I think the idea. I guess. But it would have been it would have been nice to give us, yeah, something there uh with that. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh I, I agree. I I thought Belzar was the the bigger turn that really weirded me out. So Belzar Fing Rames is uh, a demon running at a demon amusement park. On his belly. It, on his belly. On his he's belly. awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's great. This, the can- and Wendell and Wilde are his sons who are required to keep his hair yeah. uh, maintained because they're, he's balding. They're, they're, they're being punished for trying to open another amusement park in hell. And I love the, con- yeah. I love the conceptualization of hell. At least this... There, it might be one of many hells. Um, yeah, but anyway, I mean, the visuals are always the greatest part of uh, Henry Selleck movie. Uh, yeah, in this case, also the music because uh, Cat is uh, into punk. She's into punk, and so it's like a lot the of fucking, punk rock. Yeah, I did not expect the X-ray specs to show up multiple <laughs> times in this. I was like, holy shit! Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, but like this, this conception of hell is just this giant demon floating on his back in, in a little sewer, uh, with an amusement park he's built on his stomach that he forces all of the souls to go to. Yeah. <laughs> and Wendell um, and Wilde tried to open a competing amusement park and to punish him, they have to walk across his scalp, creating new scalp holes and filling it with his hair cream that makes his right. hair grow back. And I understand why this happens, but they're basically the B plot, that, that whole mm-hmm. struggle. So they go up, they, they find a hell maiden, which is Kat, uh, who is, um, I forget how she becomes a hell maiden or if they she's don't just, really explain it. It's just, right, they, she, they she's just the, chosen one. Yeah. They eat the hair cream and they see her in a vision and they reach out to her and touch her. So they kind of make contact. You're, we're supposed to infer that that sort of caused the accident because she takes a bite out of an apple. Uh, right. That has a little two-headed worm that kind of looks like them, I guess. And she screams yeah. and causes her dad to crash the car. So I have inferred that that was the moment they touched her, but I don't know. The time I never, could move yeah. differently in hell. But anyway. I, I never questioned it because it was like, again, it's fairy tale rules yeah. where I was like, eh, she's the chosen one. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it doesn't uh, matter. And so, and so they go up and they promise to resurrect her parents um, in exchange for... Shit, I don't even remember. Oh, just to exist, right? That's no. She they summons wanna, them. They want to because go- they're like summon us and we'll resurrect your parents. That's they, what they first tell her. They want to build their amusement park in the live in the world of the living because they yes. assume their their dad won't see it there, so they can build yes. their. That's all they want to do is build their amusement park. Exactly. That is their. But want. like at first, the deal they make with her is summon us, and we'll um. And we'll bring back your parents. That's what they start with. And then they're like, but we don't know how to bring back her parents. And they realize that the hair cream, and this is the stuff that's like, also feels sweaty. 
the hair cream brings people back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, I just sort of went like, eh, that's a little weird, but whatever. Well, like, it's, it's, revi- it's, it's reviving dead hair. It made as yeah. much sense as it needs to. It, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah. they br- go up with the with the with Belzar's cre- cream, and they um, and then they uh, they they test it on um james hong who is the guy who runs the um the school the school who gets murdered he sure does by the bad guys and the bad guys are basically the prison industrial complex yeah they're the cracks corporation klaxon uh klacks klaxon yeah and they what we learn and it's pretty obvious is that they killed the town essentially um they economically burned, they burned the brewery down to destroy yeah. all the jobs and yeah I thought they were going to be responsible for the parents' death, but they didn't go that far. No. Um, and I love how this is a fun part is the evil hierarchy. It goes demons. And then on top of that, rich people. Yeah. Like the, the wealthy people basically are like the demons need money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the wealthy people are like, all right, listen, you raise these people back to the, from the be- dead to stack the voting of the council so we can build our prison. Uh, and then we'll give you money to raise, make your amusement park. Uh, and Father Bess also wants money for his school. Yeah. Um, so it's about it's about money corrupting. It's very funny that I love that idea that the demons are like, nah, they're not the highest evil here. Well, it's the, it's the demons and the church both. Yeah. Because uh, James Hong plays a, a priest that's in charge of this right. school. It's it's a Catholic school. Right, and it's about the corruption there, yeah. and them being. Yeah, corrupted by this bigger company. And then what we learn is that they they say as much, they practically look at the camera because it's the whole point of the movie, is they say like, oh, yeah, that school, it's not really going to be a school. And we're not going to we're not going to reform those kids. We're going to make a pipeline straight to our private prison. And they call out private prisons uh, mm-hmm. as being like, yeah, they're terrible places that just make money off of suffering because they are. Mm hmm. And I appreciate that the movie took the time yep. to do that. Yep. I'm glad kid, more, I'm glad kids will grow up watching this. <laughs> yeah. More movies, more kids' movies, like it's like that idea of who's a villain. And they always make it like an evil witch. And it's like, no, you don't need to make up a villain. It can just be a CEO of a private prison company. Yeah. That is just as good, if not better. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the villain. And uh, it it becomes this thing where they they basically say to um, Wendell and Wilde, they're like, you can't resurrect her parents or anybody else in that graveyard because they're all witnesses. Uh, and so like the, the Wendell and Wilde who are kind of on the moral, they're on the moral line for most of it are like, because they were totally going to resurrect her parents. They weren't going to. Well, it's it's. Yeah, but it was it was one of my favorite jokes in the film at first because at first they have no idea. Like they're like, well, we can't resurrect yeah. it. They they do like a quick little aside. So like, well, if you if you summon us, we'll give you whatever you want. She's like, well, I want my parents to come back to life. And like, uh, let us let us uh uh, uh converse for a second. Right. It's like we don't we can't bring anybody back from the back from the dead. And then Jordan Peele is like, but we know how to lie. Yeah, and then <laughs> and they lie. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, then, of again, course, they're, they're they then of course schemes. they realize that their hair cream can resurrect things. So like, okay, sure, we'll bring our parents back. Why not? Yeah. But then the rich people they're tell them they can't. So yeah, they they have that. They're the path of least resistance. They're scamps. Where it's like, yeah, if rascals. it serves them to do good things, they'll do good things. They don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um. So their their B plot is basically they're doing all this stuff. They're working for whoever will give them 
get them closer the to money. their amusement park. Yeah, to build their amusement Meanwhile, park. yeah, Belzar is in hell and he slowly learns that they're missing. And so you know there's a reckoning there, right? Yeah. And I thought that Belzar was going to inter- like was going to be part of the climax. Uh <laughs> and he kind of isn't. He sure isn't. He sends a couple of winged ducks. Weird duck demons. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. Well, then he and and so yeah, so there's like a there's a pre-climax. Basically this the parents do come back cuz Raul brings them back. Which I, I just figured the parents were never going to come back. So I was surprised by that. Uh, and the parents like go to their basement to fuck and listen to punk music. Yeah, and listen to I punk love rock. Yeah. yeah. That's really all they and do. They, yeah. And they reconnect with their daughter and she gets like a proper goodbye, which is like, okay. Of course, we learn the cream is, as the demon says, he's like, no, you have to keep using it because it doesn't work forever. So the idea is that, like, oh, okay, there's a timer here. Mm-hmm. But Belzar comes up finally to and he rips off his amusement park comes up from hell and there's this big fucking showdown where he's giant and he's he's picking them up and this is where it felt sweaty to me because what they set up briefly is that raul is painting a mural in the abandoned town on all the roofs yeah um and belzar comes up and up until this moment he's just been a sadistic monster uh who's like you know making his kids work for him in his hair and then he he's about to basically smash them and then he sees the mural and it's a mural of like someone protecting their kids and he just has a fucking 180 mm-hmm. and i thought that was really sweaty it is because then he's just like i want to help and i was like really yeah he, right. he has this there's this b plot with one of the nuns at the school who's played by angela bassett her and the custodian are actually demon fighters uh, and right. the custodian, you guys are seeing why it's sweaty, right? Yeah. There's so many B-plots. There's plots so many B-plots. The, the custodian who looks like Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was great. Again, I, I want to say all the characters I loved. Yeah. Everybody was a yeah. blast. E- even though it got, like I said, it's a little bloated, but all the characters are yeah. fun. Um, so His name is Manberg, I believe. Yeah, I think the, you're right, yeah. yeah. So he has all these demons this collection of demons that he's caught over the years with the help of uh sister angela bassett um and he's just like likes it yeah like he just he's loves excited when yeah. he hears that there's an army of the dead coming yeah when he sees the main the big belzar he's just like oh like he's just so into he takes it. out a vacuum cleaner and sucks up all his hair yeah, yeah. um yeah so the reveal is that belzar is like paranoid because he's he said so many of his kids have run away and never come home so that's why he's being so cruel especially to wendell and wild because he doesn't want them to leave and never come back and of course all of his missing kids are all the demons that manberg caught so he releases them which warms belzar's heart it grows three sizes um and he agrees to help him so i mean that's how those two plot lines are resolved it's just they really throw it away where they're it, like, they oh, really I need a new do. amusement park they because really I was so do. mad at you that yeah. I wrecked my old one. But I get why, because that's not the main plot. No. But I, I think it would have there's a smarter way to integrate both plots. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where like Belzar gets in the way of the the rich prison people. Like I just thought there's it, there's a more elegant way to do that. Yeah. And so that was like there's just so many plots and then they don't they like it, it it's sort of like you know like a guy Ritchie movie has a bunch of plots but then all the plots interweave and this didn't do that 
Not, they all kind really. of just have their separate They arcs. just kind of crash into each other at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's where it was like, oh, I think you assume like, oh, this is all going somewhere. And then it kind of doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, it just sort of bells are everything becomes okay again. And then they, the, yeah. the main characters just set up to protest the opening of the private prison. Uh, which ends and in... And they resurrect a couple witnesses with the final hair gel. Yeah, and so the Klaxons go to prison. Um, right. And that's pretty much it. It's, it's like the, 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 the climax is like a slapstick action sequence with them trying to stop the bulldozers, which are being driven by the skeletalized uh, remain, resurrected remains of the former council members. It's, it's a perfectly fine and, and cute little sequence. It's just weird that like that's the ending for all of these storylines. Exactly. Like you think a movie about like hell and demons would kind of have a more like like you I that's the thing is when Belzar comes up that's how I imagine I was, the final ending. Yeah, I was picturing like, like a night big on bald apocalyptic yeah. moment. Yeah. And it's not. It's like a protest scene. And I was like that's odd. Yeah. It's it's it again odd. like yeah, like I feel like they needed to reverse that. Like I don't know. have the protest scene and then have the demon come up and like have it be this big apocalyptic finale i don't know again like it was weird because they just didn't yeah they didn't quite know how to put the pieces together at the end which is all to say like i still think if you're a kid watching this that's good um i think this movie is you know putting out positive things it's just a little yeah and every clunky in the execution yeah and every storyline is resolved like they don't leave anything yeah open-ended but it's just you know a little clunky uh yeah yeah, I mean, this is equivalent of us, like, picking apart, like, you know, a, a kid's movie. <laughs> That's what it is. So it's like, it's, it's, it, it I could do be... like, I just, just jumping off it, it, the comment of it being a kid's movie. I do like that this is like a kid's movie with a little bit of teeth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is for, it, again, this is Henry Selick's jam. Yeah. Which is like, I love kids, but I want them to fear. I want them to feel fear. <laughs> I want them to feel terror. Yeah, no, like it, Coraline, it's, it's like Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little complicated. It's a little uh, more, it's a little emotionally mature than you might expect. Um, yeah. And like you said, it's more, it's perfectly in line with some of his previous films. Uh, but I like right. that. I, I don't, I get, a, I take more issue with something that's just like completely frivolous than something like this, which is very, very ambitious and mostly successful, and it's just a little a little over bloated and a little clunky in some areas. Like, yeah. Yeah. I also like, this is a big Henry Selleck thing, which is the morality in his films. Now, I, I don't know if it's perfect. I'm going to start with that. But you look at Nightmare Before Christmas, you look at Coraline and you look at this and the general message about what's good and evil in the world is that evil isn't an absolute. Most people, even if they're kind of weird, like in Coraline is very big on this, is like there's so many weirdos. Yeah. But they're ultimately good people. And the idea that the 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 weird the the actual pure evil doesn't come in the form of pure evil. It looks welcoming at first. Um and there's there they he likes to talk about that a lot. I would say Nightmare Before Christmas is all about that, right? Mm -hmm. It's about how like this world of like scary demons, they're all just trying to get by. So it's the idea of like weirdos, weirdos, people who don't quite look like you, who might be a little frightening. 
They're not, you know, talk to strangers, take candy from a van, etc. Yeah, get um, in the van, get all the way in the van. Get in the van. If Ethan Hawke jumps I mean. out with balloons, get yeah. into his van. Get in, get into his van, exactly. No, but he's he's very good about that, and this is no different. Where it's it takes people who like at first are prickly or scary, and it's about the idea of reform to the point that even the demons are uh, well. Like they're like gonna make hell better at the end. Yeah, they <laughs> make the make, like, afterlife a fun amusement better. Yeah, part. that both yeah. people in heaven and hell can go to. They say exactly, uh, and that's the idea. Is the whole thing about prison and second chances? Mm-hmm. Like, Cat starts as like a very like kind of a little jerk because she's. I mean, she's. You don't. You don't think. You don't look at her and go, "What a jerk." You know exactly why she's like she is, right? She's and that's the point. She's thirteen, and life has been shitting on her for half exactly. of her life. Exactly. So. so she's not a pleasant person to talk to. No, and it's and she wouldn't. Be. And it's a yeah. And the people around her, the woman who brings her there, like you can see, it's the idea of compassion and her being shown it's compassion. A lot of people being very patient with her. Yeah, being very compassionate. It's yeah. It's I see why um, Selleck and Tim Burton uh, worked together um, because yeah. they both. Uh, seem to make movies about outcasts like these like henry selick's yeah. movies are all about outcasts um but i would say yeah, yeah selick tends to be I, I i don't know i, I i'm not going to put him and tim burton next to each other necessarily with their morals but for like sh- for sure selick definitely seems to be to pay attention to the, the 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 message for that and so it makes sense that he would team up with jordan peele and it makes sense that there'd be punk rock in this mm-hmm. and it was that realization that Henry Selleck is kind of more extreme than I realized. The fact that he's making this movie about the prison industrial complex. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, welcome yeah. to the right, fight, fuck, Henry Selleck. Welcome to the fucking resistance, <laughs> Henry Selleck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's great. But yeah, so like that that idea, I guess what I was getting at is that the reason I, I don't know if it's perfect or not is, for example, at the end, the bad guys still have to go to jail. And like, Oogie Boogie Man still has to die. You know what I mean? Where there's still like, and I don't know if this is a positive neg- negative message because I do kind of agree with it where he's saying ultimately there's just some people who need to be fucking punished. Like there are people who are evil. There is evil in this world. It's just mm-hmm. not, statistically speaking, it's most of the world is good. Even the scary parts. Yeah. Even the people even who the are that look quote scary, unquote yeah. criminals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's that idea that like, yes, there is pure evil in the world, but it usually comes in the form of power and systems and everybody else is kind of a victim, um, which isn't an absolute statement, but it's an it's a good starting point, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I think that's right. I mean, that's that's consistent yeah. through all the movies, especially the idea about things that look scary aren't necessarily that. They're not necessarily yeah. evil. Um, yeah, and I think there's something interesting about, like, Oogie Boogie is, like, a, a gambling guy, right? Like, he's he's into games of chance, but he always rigs it so that he wins. So that's, like, a type of villain that sort it's of... another power play. It's another power thing, and it's also related to money. So it's, like, he's kind of closer to the Claxons in this movie than, like, Other Mother in, in Coraline, which is a different type of, of insidious evil. Other Mother, <laughs> yeah, and the Other Mother, if I remember... It's not sympathetic, but you kind of see her pain. If I recall, I, I need to rewatch that. But like, I think I, like I think that that's right. Yeah, the villain, like, if he can, he will make the villain not feel comp- like two dimensional, if possible. Too yeah, Oogie's um, pretty two dimensional, but like, yeah, 
And I think he was trying to do that with Belzar because the, the idea is like the love of a parent. But like Belzar felt like uh, they didn't they didn't quite do it because they Belzar it literally like on on a fucking dime becomes sympathetic. Right. He's like a, a he's, nice guy. He's a lord of hell who's been subjecting souls to centuries of torture on an amusement park on his belly. And then all of a sudden yeah. he's like, I'm good, at, which is whatever. I thought, <laughs> like, I thought they were going to like cut a deal with him more. I thought there was going to be more of like a. They reach an agreement, but he doesn't like suddenly go, oh, I love my kids. And it's like, no, you don't. And then the guy just happens to have all his demon kids. Yeah. And he's like, here. And it was like, oh, that's all very weird and convenient. All yeah, right. yeah. So I think like the balance of having to, and that's, uh, yeah, that's what I mean about real world stuff is like having to <laughs> introduce the idea of the prison industrial complex, which again, I'm glad they did. But I feel like they and the, the the themes of reform and stuff, the stuff that Jordan Peele likes, where it's like I want to have this be about other things. I think it didn't quite mesh um, with with the way Henry Selick because they wrote it together. Yeah, the uh, Selick and Peele. Yeah, the screenplay. Uh, apparently, it's based on a book that Henry Selick wrote. Yeah, um, I feel like it's. Uh, well, it says here, Clay McLeod Chapman, based on the book by. Oh, never mind. Yeah. I, 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 had thought, I had thought the credit said it was a book that he wrote. My mistake. He might have co-wrote it. I don't know. Um, yeah, the point being that, like, I, I love this marriage of these two. Like, I want them to do more stuff together, desperately. But I think they, they have to figure this out, this mesh, a little more. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. It just could have used a little bit more, a little bit more um, polish, I guess. But uh, just because there's so many, I not really that there's so many ideas, just a lot of different storylines going on at the same time. Yeah, that's the thing is the ideas are fine. It is the actual logistics of the movie. It's the why does this character do that? Or why is this going there? Like, you know what I mean? Where it, mm -hmm. it feels a lot of people turning on a dime, a lot of like conveniences um and like it's just a little it's a little sweaty it's a it's it's awkward and i think you felt it more than me because you were probably paying more attention to that um but i definitely felt it more i i felt it more during the end than the beginning which is kind of interesting because oh, yeah. you said you felt it at the beginning yeah i guess just because at the beginning i'm more like trying to get my bearings in the right. in the story um but anyway uh, it does say here that it was uh, it's an unpublished book by Henry Selick and Clay McLeod Chapman. Ah, okay. Um, that makes sense. So we're both right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, I would say yeah. This is a this is a good movie. It needs to make a lot of money. Unfortunately, it's on Netflix. Yeah, so it so I don't know won't. how that happens. <laughs> and yeah. It'll be impossible to measure. But everybody should watch it. Um, I think because I think his little tr his little trio of animated movies. I'm not counting James and the Giant Peach because I've never seen it. Um, really? Yeah, I've never seen it. Oh, it's good. It's not. Um. It, it, well, it, no, it's similar in that the the friends are insects. Yeah, they're these horrible. And it's about insects. a little boy. Yeah, it's James. It's about a little boy with like terrible fucking aunts who like put him to work, and it, it it's it's the same. It's the same morally. What I mean is like. Uh, it's, it's the, oh, weirdos, you know, are, uh, not always who you think. I haven't seen Monkey Bone in a second. Well, I'm not counting uh, that. That's just live action. Well, I yeah. was going to say, I think his little 
the trifecta of animated movies we've talked about, Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, and this one, I think are great movies to show your kids. Yeah, I think so, I too. Think, They'll I harden think, them a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit of edge to it, but like I think it introduces some complex ideas. Um certainly yep. about certainly about prejudice. Um and then yeah. you know, other complicated ideas as well. Not not super complicated, but I I think I think these are good movies for kids to watch and, and uh, good ideas to be introduced to them for sure. Yeah. And like, yeah, this one isn't perfect, but they're all I would say Coraline so far is the one that I would well no Nightmare Before Christmas man I was gonna say Coraline is like kind of the masterpiece in my head I think Coraline's um, the best story but I think in terms of just efficiency it's probably Nightmare Before Christmas yeah and I obviously that's the classic yeah but like he needs to keep the point is he needs to keep making these movies mm-hmm. and it would be nice for him to make them with people like Jordan Peele yeah and it's nice to see a movie again with a diverse cast. Um, that that's not the point of it. It's just a diverse group of talent, really. And like, and like, it's just really beautiful. Like yeah, the whole movie. They look so uh, good, man. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, it, I love the character design in this movie. It's so good. I, I love that for Wendell and Wilde, their faces are kind of almost two dimensional. Yeah. Like they're, they're also just Jordan. They, it <laughs> just, just looks like they are just caricatures <laughs> of Key and Peele. But like, yeah. I love the way that they're done because like, you know, their body, the whole, they obviously are stop motion puppets. And so like their bodies are these fully 3D puppets, but the way they do their faces, every, like each angle they turn their head at it, like sw- it looks like they're construction paper cutouts specifically for their heads that just like kind yes. of change to different illustrations as their heads turn. It's a really cool effect. Um, I just really like yeah. the character design overall in this movie. I love it. Yeah. Well, we, that that to me plays into the diversity is because everybody's kind like if you look up the people who did the voices, it's all they all just look like more or less like the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we get to see all these this uh, uh, like all these different uh, like diverse cast of people done through this um, lens of Henry Selick. And so it's just like this beautiful fucking uh, film of like all these characters the nuns the nuns <laughs> i loved the nuns they're just little lumps yeah yep. <laughs> they're great just tiny little thumbs um, yeah they're, they're amazing yep um so like just like that's the part of the beauty of it it's just this world is so it, it's oh god <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot to enjoy visually in this and then like the stuff with her fucking um the teeth on her hand mm-hmm. and like yeah, the eyes cool glowing, idea. like the gothic look of it. And then the punk aesthetic again with the punk music. It was just like, this is, it's, it's nice to see so many, th- like the beauty of like having a lot of diverse cultures and ideas is that when it comes together, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what that is. It's just so many different visual ideas put together that I fucking love it. I love it. Yeah. It's pretty Visually. It, yeah, it, yeah. It is uh man, what a pretty movie. So yeah. uh so there's that. Yeah. Take uh just a bunch of acid and go watch it. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you do. Yep, it'll um, be <laughs> It'll be something. That'll that'll bring that'll bring their parents back from the dead. Mm-hmm. S- sprinkle some acid <laughs> on them. Just so much acid. Yeah, just doing so much acid yeah. that this fucking graveyard comes alive. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, have anything I else to say. Yep. 
um yeah check this out and um also you could check out our patreon yeah patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed uh there's exclusive podcasts on there like tom and jeff watch batman fox Mulder is a maniac star trek the next futurama and spielboys uh that's all for five dollars a month you get access to all of those for ten dollars you can also watch movies with us every friday night there's other tiers there's custom we just watch episodes and so on check all that out yeah we also have a store head over to gamefootemployed.com where you can find a link to our teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts mugs stickers posters all sorts of things slap your stop motion peepers onto that yeah yeah slap your peepers that have been crammed in your skulls by uh key and peel i love key and peel i love when she's walking down the street seeing all the council members partying in their house and then she gets to the one window and the guy just like screams a mouthful of worms at her yeah fucking awesome yeah yeah Yeah, i liked the council members generally just being like like they don't have any lines and they're just kind of they're just they're just so excited to be back from the dead yep and that's that's another part of it is the there's voter fraud in this yeah (laughs) yeah uh there's there's a little thing about the way democracy will fuck you over there's a lot in this. <laughs> there's there's a prison industrial complex and Boogans. What more can you ask for? Not nothing. Those are the my only two boxes uh, on my checklist. Yeah, and they both yep. got checked, Dave. Check, check. 